Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. When I was a little kid, my whole family, grandparents included, packed into a Dodge Caravan and went on a two-week road trip to Wyoming. We saw the rodeo in Cody, a grizzly bear in Yellowstone National Park, and an epic thunderstorm near Devil's Tower. On that trip, I fell in love with the West and the natural world. This might sound cheesy, but it kind of made me who I am today. Wyoming has it all. Breathtaking hikes, kid-friendly museums, two of the coolest national parks in the country. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Hey, it's Outside In. I'm Nate Hedgie, here today with producer Jessica Hunt. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Nate. Let's do this. All right. So today we are talking about a subject we both love, which is dogs. And a problem that just about every dog owner has to deal with. So I recently went on a walk with a friend of mine. Her name is Rebecca Perlstein, and she has a dog named Hugo. And he's Hugo the beautiful Great Dane. Um, he's a lot of fun, but he's a lot of dog. <laughs> He's a lot of dog. Yeah. Hugo's poops can weigh up to five pounds, and that's not an exaggeration. I've had a lot of dogs in my life. I've had big dogs. I've had little dogs. And this dog, they're just immense. There's no words. That's massive. <laughs> five pounds. Oh, my God. This is why I've never wanted a big dog, to be honest with you. It's just like way too much poop to pick up. When Hugo assumes the position, I'm like, I avert my eyes. I'm like, I just, I don't want to see what happens. <laughs> Does she pick it up? Well, yes, always when she's with me. So most of the time. I choose to triple bag it because it smells so bad. So yeah, I will do that. And then I feel so much guilt because now not only am I using one bag, I'm using three plastic bags that are all going to go into the trash, probably not decaying. That's a lot of plastic bags. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes, of course, she's just walking in the woods and Hugo does his business off the trail, you know, away from her, and she just leaves it. She just leaves the poop. And that makes me feel bad because I care about our planet, I care about our Earth, and I'm just, like, contributing to mess. Stinky poop mess. I don't know, does it get warm enough for it to disappear? Or does it just sit there? Oh, we are going to get emails about this one. Yeah, it's going to be rough. But honestly, like, this is such a classic dog owner dilemma. I mean, what should we do with their doo-doo? Today on Outside In, we've got another edition of this, that, or the other thing. And for this one, first, our apologies, because you are going to be hearing a lot of scatological humor, because the subject is dog poop. So is it better to leave it on the trail, toss it in the woods, or entomb it forever in a plastic bag that's headed for a landfill? Jessica, I have a dream that someone will make an invention. 
<laughs> that will allow hands-free, scent-free carrying when I'm out in the woods. <laughs> Stay tuned. So, Nate, you have three dogs. That's a lot of poop. What do you do? Well, when I'm at home, I bag it in these little compostable green baggies. And then we throw them in the trash. But, Jessica, this is where I'm going to get lambasted in our emails. Because when the dogs are out hiking, I sometimes let them poop in the woods. And I just leave it there. Because, honestly, like, I don't know. If it's yellow, let them mellow. If it's brown... Also, let it mellow. <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, I think everybody who's walked their dog has, like, kind of flicked it into the woods and said, you know, there there it goes. Yeah, I mean, it always feels like a justifiable decision. Like, it's out of people's way. It's, it's probably going to dissolve in the rain. I mean, besides, Jessica, wolves, coyotes, foxes, they all poop in the woods, and we aren't going around bagging that up, right? Yeah, but those animals are all locavores. They eat everything from your neighborhood deer to mice and rabbits, even berries and grasses. Mm -hmm. Everything that they eat comes from the ecosystem that they exist in. Yeah, it's like like a closed loop system, I guess, right? Yeah. And, you know, black bears out west love eating choke cherries, and then their poop helps to spread the seeds. Really? It contains, yeah, some undigested nutrients that also help seedlings grow. Like bear manure. Yeah. Well, when it comes to dogs, like, I don't think your dogs are out there hunting deer and grazing on grass, right? They're probably eating kibble. Uh, Specifically, Purina Pro for sensitive stomachs (laughs) in my case. Very expensive. So here's the thing. In a lot of places, that kibble diet poo is more likely to disrupt the local ecosystem than it is to help it grow. Like other fertilizers, dog poop can have a lot of phosphates and nitrogen, as well as harmful bacteria like E. coli, salmonella, and giardia. And that matters because there are just so many dogs. There are more pet dogs in the U.S. than there are coyotes, wolves, and foxes combined. Wow. And more dogs mean more poop, right? Right. It's been estimated that 90 million dogs produce about 11 million tons of dog waste per year. Jeez. This is uh, attributed to a pickup company that's called Duty Calls. Uh Uh-huh. And they say if you put that much poop in a line of dump trucks, bumper to bumper, it would run from Boston to Seattle. I don't want to, I don't want to, yeah, that's the most disgusting traffic jam ever. So if a lot of that poop is left in backyards or parks or on trails, then big problems. So the advantage of having small dogs is that their poops are also small. So to me, I think, what's the big deal of just picking it up and carrying it out? That's Jessica Williams. She worked as an environmental scientist and water quality expert for nearly 20 years at Olympic National Park. She's now a consultant and content creator with three dog blogs, including the one about her hikes with her dachshunds called You Did What With Your Wiener? (laughs) 
<laughs> what with your wiener? Oh my god. Gretel's 13 now, so she's kind of in retirement, but they've both hiked um, up to 15 miles in a day, and they're only 10 pounds, so. Wow. With two, with, with two inch legs. Yeah, I was going to say, with little legs. So your dog poops on the ground, and you're out in nature, and a lot of people think, oh, it's natural, just go away. And that is true. There are microbes in the soil you know, environmental factors um, that degrade it. And it would eventually go away and essentially turn to dirt. Except some trails, at least around here in Seattle, see literally hundreds of dogs a weekend. If hundreds of dogs every weekend pooped on the side of the trail and people left it. Then what happens is when it rains, all that poop, along with the bacteria and the other stuff in there, it's washed into local streams and lakes. Ooh. You know when lakes and ponds are closed because of algae blooms? Mm-hmm. Pet waste and fertilizer and things that contain nitrogen and phosphorus and other things like that do contribute to more growth of bacteria and algae in the water, which then harms the environment. Harms It, it, it knocks the stability off of that ecosystem. It's not just algae blooms. Just one single dog poop contains tens of millions of fecal coliform bacteria. That can cause intestinal illnesses and kidney problems in people, especially if they're swimming outside after a storm. Oh my God. I'm just imagining when I swim in the river in the summertime, I'm just like swimming in dog shit water, most likely. That's disgusting. Yeah, officials have closed entire beaches in South Carolina because of runoff from dog poop. It's the number one stormwater pollutant in the country, and the EPA has even designated it an environmental hazard. I'm kind of feeling bad about tossing that dog poop in the woods. Yeah. Like, especially in a town like mine that's been really growing over the past few years. We have a guy that walks around town, Jessica, bagging up poop at trails, and then he leaves behind signs calling them piles of shame. (laughs) I'm feeling like a pile of shame right now. (laughs) I don't know if shame is really motivating to pick them up. Yeah. Scolding. So we now know that it's not a good idea to just leave the dog poop out on the trail. Number one, stormwater pollutant carries diseases, creates toxic algae blooms. Yep, we should definitely pick it up. I should yes. definitely pick it up. I need to be better. <laughs> but how do you get people to actually do that? Yeah, it's, it's, everyone's got an opinion because it uh, seems like almost everyone has somehow interacted with dog poop in a way that they would prefer not to. So this is Forrest Schwartz. He's a University of New Hampshire recreation management professor. Okay. And he worked on a report conducted by the Leave No Trace organization for the city of Boulder, Colorado. Now, Boulder is home to tens of thousands of acres of public lands and hundreds of miles of trails. Mm -hmm. Um, And what we found was about right around 74% uh, of dog guardians, we'll call them, um, you know, did the immediate pickup. Um, and then took all their bags with them. Dog guardian. That's a term I've never heard before. I like it. So Forrest wants to know what they can do differently to get those numbers up from 74% to 90% compliance. And so when people perceive the behavior in question as being easy to do, they typically will do it at a pretty high level. In the case of Boulder, 
you know, a lot of the, the folks that we, you know, interviewed and talked to suggested that the thing that would increase compliance for them would be things like more bag stations and more, you know, dump stations along the trails. Okay, so no rocket science needed here. More access to trash cans means people are more likely to bag and toss their dog poo. Yeah, that's one pretty basic suggestion for how communities can encourage better practices here. But if everybody does it, what about the bags themselves? Like, what is the impact of using all that plastic? Aren't they kind of wasteful? So I tried to find an estimate of how many plastic bags get used for dog do every year. The closest thing I could find was this estimate from a discussion piece in the journal Environmental Pollution. Okay. Some researchers looked at the weight of common brands of dog poop bags, or DPBs as they call them. (laughs) That is one acronym I can actually get behind. (laughs) <laughs> DPPs. And then they calculated the number of pet dogs worldwide and the number of times they poop. And? They, quote, estimated the number of annual consumed and disposed DPBs at more than 415 billion. Wow. And that they make up 0.6% of total plastic generation worldwide. That is way more DPBs than I would have expected. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And that's bad for a couple of reasons. First, producing the bags takes fossil fuels, but then they basically entomb the dog poo in a landfill. Most of the bags are not going to break down. And the bags that say they're made of biodegradable plastic aren't much better. Here's water quality specialist and dog blogger Jessica Williams again. A lot of the biodegradable bags are just plastics that break down into microplastics. They don't go away melt and go away, like some people think. Wait, 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 wait. So so bio- biodegradable bags aren't awesome? Not really. Like Jessica said, they can create microplastics when they break down. But a lot of them won't even get that far because a lot of the so-called biodegradable bags don't actually meet international standards. They're supposed to break down within two years without leaving harmful residues behind. But the FTC has found that a lot of these bags don't. It's especially true if they're thrown in the trash. Jessica, I actually use these little green dog poop bags that are made from biodegradable corn, not plastic corn. Is that okay? Well, they have a similar problem. So they will break down, but they have to be in perfect conditions to do that. There has to be light. There has to be heat. has to get to a certain temperature. So even if the bag says compostable or biodegradable and it goes to the landfill, it is not going to do either of those things because they compact it. Dang. So there is one other solution, but it's kind of expensive and it's not available in all towns. There are services that come to your yard and they'll scoop the poop for you. And this service will actually compost it. And we literally just throw it into our composters, the bags, and they break down beautifully. It takes about two weeks or so for the bags to fully break down. That's Stephanie Chow. She's the founder of Pet Poo Skidoo in Asheville, North Carolina. Great name. We're a big dog town, too. So years ago, and then this was before we we increased how much people live here. A lot of people moved here recently with COVID and everything. I was calculating about 6 million pounds of waste just in Asheville city limits. And we cover a lot more than that. That's just within Asheville city. Um, 
about six million pounds of dog poo per year. Oof, that's Dogtown. I, I need to move to Dogtown. I know. Does it sound awesome? It does. So Pet Poo Skidoo is a private dog poo composting business. Mm-hmm. Stephanie picks up dog poo from yards and kennels, but she also has residential buildings and apartments where people dump compostable bags in special pet waste stations that she maintains. But composting dog poop is different than composting food or lawn clippings. Hmm. And that's mainly because it can absorb a lot of water. Then we use a lot of straw or um, pine straw, sawdust, stuff like that to really get it to dry up because you want to separate it into those little pieces. And the reason for that is because you want airflow to get to everything. And if it's just one, you know, I'm not trying to get too graphic here. If it's just one big mud pile, then air can't penetrate. It can't get through and it's just going to stay wet and cause everything else to be wet. And it can be really gross. And that's... Something I learned over the years with experimenting before I figured out how to do it. That is a really gross image, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. A giant poop mud file. Yeah. But unfortunately, it looks like there just aren't a lot of businesses doing commercial composting for dog poo. So this really isn't an option for most people. Not yet, anyways. Right. You can compost dog poop at home but you have to treat it a little differently than you do other compost. And it's not fit for your vegetable garden, more for landscaping and whatnot. It does have to be hotter than food waste. Food waste is good around 130 degrees Fahrenheit. And pet waste needs to be 150. And uh, to really cook everything off, we also cure it for a lot longer for safety reasons. Uh, We cured it for an entire year. For Stephanie's commercial dog poop pickup service, after sitting around under like this carport curing, so there's little runoff and no smell, they give it back to their clients as compost. A lot of people just don't want to think about it, which I understand, you know, a lot, you know, you want to pick that that poop up and just throw it away, just not think about it. And, And I hope to continue that with people where you don't really have to think about it. I just want you to switch to a compostable bag and I want to be able to go collect that poop. Okay, Jessica, so base level, bag up the poop, preferably with a non-plastic bag. And commercial composting, if your town has it, that is the best option, right? I have another option. Oh? You could flush it down the toilet. What? Not the bag, but the EPA actually approves flushing dog poop down the toilet. No crap. See what I did there? Uh, (laughs) I've been waiting for you to do that, actually. (laughs) So I did some calling around to see if I could do it in my city. I did have a discussion internally here with this, so it's kind of like, it's one of those questions we don't get often, you know? Yeah. Can you believe that they don't get that question very often? Yeah, no kidding they don't get it that often. It's kind of gross. <laughs> so that's Anthony Druin. He's an engineer with the New Hampshire Department of Environmental Services. Each local wastewater plant in the state has its own permit limits. And wastewater plants aren't designed to handle pet waste. They're designed to handle the household, but the the way the chemical loading or the biological loading, they typically do not take in consideration the animal waste. So it's going to be kind of up to each individual plant if they can or cannot. 
Right. I mean, the EPA says it's okay. Anthony said, no, just hold on. You need to communicate with your local wastewater plant or septic hall Mm -hmm. because every plant has different expectations for what they'll be processing. And if everyone starts flushing dog poop down the toilet, they'll be dealing with all the same things that we've been talking about. More nitrogen, more phosphorus, possible pathogens. Yeah. And they just may not be prepared to deal with it. And if they are, if they are, so to speak, receptive then that's a town meeting or city council discussion. Would you flush your dog's poop down the toilet, Jessica? Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, I have a small dog. It's relatively compact. The little dog would be okay. Well, you have three. Yeah, the icky factor and the just exhausting factor. I want to just train them to sit on the toilet and poop, (laughs) but they won't do that. It's the future. Okay, so in a minute, we are going to talk more about the big picture, why people don't follow dog laws. But before we do, if you'd like to tell us what you think about all this, send us a message on Instagram or join our private Facebook group. Be nice, but we're also really curious about how folks react to this episode because we are all so defensive of our doggos. All right, be right back. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Welcome back to Outside In. I'm Jessica Hunt, talking with host Nate Hedgie about dog poop today for another edition of our segment, This, That, or the Other Thing. But I am still struggling with what the other thing is here. Like the point of these episodes thus far has been to also step outside of the box and and think bigger. And I feel like we haven't gotten there yet. So composting and trash cans aside... I think this may be one issue where our choices as individual dog owners may be the big point. You know, she's actually she's actually totally silent. That's kind of the crazy thing about her. Yeah, she 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 barks about once a week. So this is Ben Goldfarb. He's an environmental journalist and author, and he actually wrote a book about beavers, which is why his dog is named Kit. Wait, why Kit? A kit is a baby beaver. She's a weird little mix. She's about 35 pounds. She's incredibly sweet. She's the cuddliest dog in the world. Ah. Yeah. So Ben recently wrote about another environmental dog issue. Okay. Unleashed dogs on beaches. We want them to frolic and exercise and be happy. I I want that for Kit, our dog. But, uh, you know, in in, uh, in coastal environments especially, they're they're really harmful. You know, and the, the biggest reason for that um, is that they're just, you know, kind of chronic, inveterate harassers of seabirds. Oh, man, the emails. We are going to get so many emails. Yeah. So Ben writes about how dogs can scare away nesting shorebirds and expose their eggs. Obviously, adult birds usually get away. Mm -hmm. But in one beach in Tasmania, dogs killed 250 penguins in just six different incidents. Oh, wow. That's like a wolf getting into the chicken coop. 
Exactly. Plus, they're top predators. So when dogs are peeing on dead fish or other things that wash up on shore, Mm -hmm. nocturnal animals are less likely to come around and eat them because, you know, a big predator has come around and basically marked its territory. And even just that spirited running and chasing seagulls is a thing. Mm-hmm. Dogs love chasing birds, you know, and it's it's uh, one of those things that looks so innocuous, right? Your dog runs down the beach and, you know, disperses a flock of terns or, or gulls or red knots or what have you. And, you know, the birds aren't harmed, right? They just all lift up and they, you know, fly 100 yards and they settle back down and it's totally fine, right? But actually that repeated disturbance, you know, flushing birds and and, uh, making them expend energy and calories and stop feeding uh, is is really harmful to them. So that, you know, that kind of seemingly uh, innocuous and and, uh, benign interaction is actually uh, is, is pretty ecologically damaging. Okay, so how does this circle back to dog poop, though? Like, what are we talking about here? So I think the thing we're getting at is that just like us, our dogs have an impact. And that's why mm-hmm. there are laws and regulations around picking up poop and leashing on beaches. Right. Another super sensitive ecosystem here in New Hampshire is on Mount Washington, the Alpine Gardens. There are these super rare alpine plants that can be damaged just by walking on them. So do people have to leash up their dogs or something? Or like... Yeah, they're supposed to. All kinds of signs and things saying, you know, leash your dog. Do but no, I mean, no. Well, that's the, that's, the, that's the tough thing, right? Like everybody knows that dog owners just don't always follow these rules and laws. Uh, but it's hard to see the impact. It's sort of the absence. <laughs> it is the absence of of a problem instead of seeing the problem. I mean, do you see it? No. <laughs> Does that make sense? Am I like talking in circles? No, it does. It does make sense because it's like I have this little dog run in my house that I keep clean like every single day because I don't want my dog stepping in dog shit. I don't want the back yard to smell like dog poop. Right. You know, but then I'll go on these trails and I will let my dogs romp wild and free pooping everywhere. But it just feels like a bigger space. And so I, you know, my it's almost like I feel less responsible. You know, if I'm being completely honest, which is not the right way I need to be looking at at when my dogs are out on trails on public lands. You know, a lot of a lot of the research about dogs on the beach shows that modeling good behavior really does make a difference. Right. If you're out on the beach and every every other person has their dog off leash and, you know, and is off chasing seabirds, uh, you know, you're probably going to assume that that's fine and you're, you're going to let your dog do likewise. If every person has their dog on a leash and is avoiding the seabird colonies, you know, that's probably the the social norm that you yourself are going to abide by, right? Is that too preachy? No, I think that's kind of the uh, kind of where we're landing on this on this piece. And with a lot of things that we do in life, right? Like it's a gentle nudge just being like, hey, you know what? You own a little piece of that public land too. maybe do your part. Pick up that poop. So as I was doing this, first of all, everyone loved talking about dog poop because everybody cares because everyone has a dog basically now or they have cats. And that is another I could do another whole podcast on cats, cat poop and cat litter. That is a good follow up (laughs) episode. You shouldn't have me host it, though, because I don't really like cats. Again, please 
send your angry emails <laughs> and hedgy at nhpr.org. I love the way you're prepared for all the angry emails. <laughs> Again, let us know what you think about this episode. Our email is outsidein at nhpr.org. This episode was reported and produced by Jessica Hunt. It was mixed by Taylor Quimby. Editing by me, Nate Hedgie, and Taylor Quimby, with help from Justine Paradise and Rebecca Lavoie. Our executive producer is Rebecca Lavoie. Music in this episode by Blue Dot Sessions, Spring Gang, El Flaco Collective, and Daniel Friedel. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Outside In is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio.